Hey everybody, it's your boy Benny P. Uh, put together the pod, just finished it up. It's uh, 9.30 on Wednesday. Uh, I'm a little rattled, a little all over the place because of what a day it has been with trades and waiver wire discussions and happenings, the fallout on the group me. I mean, we'll look back on this day in fantasy football history and infamy, uh, especially, I mean, I know that I will. Um, going to be introducing a new segment Meet Mr. Manager is what I'm titling it. It's just going to be me inviting uh, uh, managers from around the league on a on a phone based interview and discussion uh, pod. Just inviting them in and talking about the storylines uh, and and the activity that's been going on in the league. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's long. Uh, I want to kind of I guess apologize for that, but then also don't want to apologize because I think you guys guys like it. So doing it for you guys, really happy to put this pod together. I think it's a good one. We're going to be talking to the likes of Mr. Manager Evan S. Always a pleasure to have him on the pod. I feel like he's got great content. We talk about, like I said, some storylines, and then I'm also going to be inviting uh, Mr. Mr. Manager Patrick P to the to the podcast we are going to discuss all of the content that has happened so me and evan s actually had our discussion pre content on waiver and trade discussions and then me and patrick p have a lot more longer of a discussion discussing said content and trades and what have you so really excited for you guys again just want to own up uh, made a lot of mistakes this week and uh, there's no there's no getting around them i will address that in the pod i do also mention i think everybody in this podcast so feel free to listen to the whole thing i thought about you i had you in mind so everybody buckle up listen it's a long one but uh, i really do think you are going to enjoy it. Good luck to everyone in week two. I wish everyone the best of luck and may all your flying boomer bus picks bring you the most fulfillment and happiness on our football watchings. You guys are the best. Enjoy. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Test, test, test. Benny P here, and uh, guess who I've got on the line? I have the manager, the manager of the league favorite, L Shack 01. 01. Evan, you there? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to ask me to guess who was on the line. It's me. <laughs> hey, guess who's on the line? It's me, Evan S. Everybody guess who's on the line. All right, that's great. We're off to a off to a great start. That's definitely going to stay on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Um so if uh so Evan actually came with a slew of topics. One thing that me and Evan both have to keep in mind, let me get this out early is that it, we cannot interrupt or talk over each other for real because I will you'll they'll hear me over that's fine. you. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so yeah, we'll try not to interrupt each other, but let's. Uh, he's he's got a couple of topics he would like to discuss for this podcast. So Evan, if you want to start us out on we just your first kind of your first topic, let's let's dive in. Yeah, I've got a few topics here, but I figured we just started off with uh, both of our teams really just crapped the bed in week one. I mean, um, I'd like to consider myself a fantasy powerhouse. You'd like to consider yourself a fantasy powerhouse. Um, sure. Our teams didn't perform. That's just the bottom line. And uh, 
you know, I guess we, we really need to figure out what we're going to do about it because uh, I'm definitely concerned and I'm trying not to overreact, but, I mean, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you asked. I, I'm in the same boat. I'm trying not to overreact whenever I look down my lineup and the only person to score over 20 points was my number one, well, was my number one pick. Uh, I really, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that I'm, uh, I'm in a tough situation here. I'm um, going to try not to ship my whole entire team and overreact. But yeah, when I look down the line, uh, I'm not, I'm not thrilled and I'm trying not to panic. So uh, we're in the same boat there. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm definitely, definitely feeling a lot better after Monday night than I was for most of the day on Sunday. Um, Josh Jacobs looked Looked like the real deal, and uh, Josh Jacobs, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, very excited about him. Um, Sanders was was pretty good too, and so um, I mean, hey, Mike Evans was sick. He had hopefully his worst game of the season. Cam was terrible; didn't score any touchdowns. I mean, it's got it. It's it can only go up for for me. I feel like, but okay. I like the positivity know. route that you're taking. Uh, off of your positivity route, I'm going to be negative. Uh, I don't feel good about Mitch Trubisky for the rest of his whole entire career. I just don't feel good about it. Um, overreaction maybe to week one? Uh, maybe, but we also had a lot riding, and it's been a long time coming for him to actually produce at a high level, and he's failed to do that. Fournette, I am worried he's going to get hurt at some point. I like Kenny Galladay. I still like him. I know that uh, Matt Stafford's not the best quarterback in the world, but I do like just him being a solid wide receiver down the road. I am definitely worried by Vince McDonald, Tevin Coleman. I'm absolutely, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in the crapper for that one. And uh, there's not a whole lot more positives that I can look on. So uh, Alshon played great. Hopefully that can be a whole season-long thing. But, uh, but, yeah, really, really not good. So I'll take your positivity and raise you a negative. Yeah, anytime you've got uh, an injury bug in week one, that's not good. And, uh your fifth round pick is is, is already going to miss a few weeks, but um, yeah, uh, I definitely think that your team is much worse than mine. I mean, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to deny it. I definitely, I'm definitely feeling. It. I'm not going to argue with you there. I definitely. People have reached out to make trades. If uh, if there's one thing that's ring true about my my whole entire fantasy career is that I'm not afraid of trades. So. I will be messing around. So if you hear this pod and you're like, man, I want to mess around with Ben's team, by all means, the door is open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm open to trades, but I'm not going to settle. So don't come after <laughs> me with any terrible trades. It's only week uh, one. If we've discussed anything, didn't your content earlier tell us that the week one loss does not always – I mean, obviously you want wins where you can get them, but the week one loss does not mean that you're you're destined for hor- like for an absolute terrible season. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, if you do start 0-2, I mean, that is not a very good sign at all based on last season. So I don't, want, I don't um, care what kind of stats or numbers you've got, but if you're 0-2, you are in trouble. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't have the stats either, but not yeah, good. good. Yeah. All right, so that's our teams. You wanna you wanna carry us into this yeah. this next topic? I think this is gonna be interesting for the league to listen to. So, I figured you know might as well come out, address it head on, uh, just clear the air a little bit <laughs> with the spat between me and Eric J. I mean, there was a lot riding on week one. I mean, it's important. There's a lot of anticipation the entire off season. We just drafted our teams. We all believe our teams are good, 
and uh, I really thought that my team was going to have a great week, and then um, you know things just didn't go my way. Uh, Derek Henry caught you know a seventy-five yard touchdown pass um, where he was basically untouched and running maybe twelve miles an hour down the field. Um, Just yeah, my my team crapped the bed absolutely, and I got roasted, and uh, that's that. So. The good news is I'm going to get a chance to uh, get some revenge, uh, I think, the last week of the regular season. So uh, we'll see. But, I mean, you know, Eric J. might have one of the top teams this year with Antonio Brown now on the New England Patriots. So That's a good point. Um, if Derek Henry can continue to produce like that, then, uh, yeah, he'll be a problem for everybody. Yeah. Just wanted to uh, come out and say that I took took a big fat L, and uh, but we're moving forward, and uh, – you know, this doesn't this doesn't change the outlook uh, for our season any at all. So, mm-hmm. do you think uh, I got one question for you? Um, do you think that Allen Robinson will continue to have those kind of games? <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, he seems to be the only person that Mitch Trubisky looks at. And, uh, it's absolutely you true. Know, the targets aren't high quality targets because Trubisky is really just so terrible. <laughs> um, but I, I would expect teams to start double teaming him more if. Um, he really is just going to stare him down, you know, every other play. Well, that's the problem. But, they double teamed him, and he still threw it to him. Yeah. So, so I mean, ugh, don't get me started on the Bears. I mean, they're just an embarrassment right now. Uh, it was the but, first week. Give him a break. Well, they're going up against the Broncos next week, and uh, that should be uh, easy win. Well, I was hoping for an easy win for the Broncos, but they didn't look good. <laughs> Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Allen Robinson, he's fine. He's fine. Okay. Yeah. Let us. Uh, let me take us into this next segment here. I, um, I personally have some opinions about this. Uh, when Alex Cook called me out, said was I invited, invited to the adult table too early. And <laughs> when there was, first of all, I did vote for myself, but I was definitely expecting some uh, support in the in the poll. I got zero support. And then for the immediate, and almost as if Alex Cook and Evan S. had planned this together, the immediate uh, follow-up of momentum from Evan S. stating that a very, very true fact and that uh, it's, all, it's all just been hitting the right people at the right time. Do you have any comments you'd like to add before I give my rebuttal? Uh, yeah, first off, I mean, it was completely unplanned. I mean, I think when something is just that obvious, it's easy to just... <laughs> You know, jump right on the train and pile it on. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, dog pile. Sure. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. Um, I think uh, you, you were lucky to make the playoffs last year. You were not even in, I don't think, the top six highest scores last year. And then you just, I mean, ended up winning the championship. I mean, I guess there's some credit. But uh, I'm not expecting this to be like a New England Patriots run. If anything, it's going to be like a one-hit wonder um yeah, just like a terrible team who just got lucky. Okay, that's fair. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, but that's, I guess, I say that's fair. That's my, my, my natural response. Uh, my question is, then, is, first of all, I, I've been a, a great champion. I, that's not up for discussion. I've been a fantastic champion. I've, I've really laid a lot of groundwork for the future that the whole entire league can appreciate and, uh, and get behind. It's kind of like... You know, all the great presidents that we may or may not have today, George Washington had to lay the groundwork. He had to be a founding father. And as a champion in this league in particular, the Fight Club League, with 
the championship trophy, with the ring ceremony. I mean, I'm just laying very, very good ground foundational pieces for all the champions that follow me to uh, to follow. So I'm just going to say you're welcome in response to how great of a champion I have been. Also, to add to that, I am the champion. I know that you do say that as a fluke, but as I look back, I've won two championships in leagues with you. That over- I was not in the tier two league. That was a pretty pretty scrub filled league oh okay all right scrub filled and we'll go on to our later topics to describe how connor fulgerson is not a scrub but we'll get to that later and yet i have handed the business to you last season you want to call it a fluke that's fine and i handed the business to a number of other people that we consider good fantasy football players i'm just saying having two championships in the course of four years if i wanted to skew the votes i would even say two in three years tier two gap year and then winning the last year that's two championships in three years i understand that there's a concept of luck that goes with this and if anything i will admit firsthandedly as the manager of the benny p uh, the benny pump management team that luck is our best friend and we don't we don't talk about it much but the reality is that we have a lot of luck our freaking first team was um so much luck, it's Jeremy Shocking, which Evan S. did not like. But fantasy football is a lot about luck. And if I get a lot of it, then these championships, though you might want to put an asterisk on them, they're completely credible because luck is a factor and I'm getting a lot of it. So that's my rebuttal. Two in three years is a, is a, great, is a great feat. Okay, so let's not, let's not forget. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just... I don't count championships from other leagues. So, all right. All right. I mean, I, I won a championship last year also, but it doesn't count. Okay, um, that's a, that's as, actually a valid point. I that's as far as uh, as far as you being a good champion, um, I'll say uh, yeah, you've done some good things, but there's also been a lot of rubbing it in, and uh, I don't think it would be uh, I don't think anybody else running in that. Um, mascot suit at the end of the season would be any more satisfying than if uh, you were you had to run a mile so gosh uh, i'm looking forward to that and week one uh week one shows that, that could be a possibility okay all right yeah 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 all right that, that's you know what for you those are very kind words evan i appreciate you saying that that's that's really sweet of you um let's uh let's get into the let's get into the next um Let's talk about let's talk about my opponent last uh, last week. I mean, he really did. There's no getting around it. He handed me the business up and down, all around. Carson Wentz very, doing very well. Marlon Mack doing a lot better than I anticipated, and uh, and Austin Eckler just like you said, having the game of his life. Uh, those are those are good things. And Juju Smith just being average. He had eight eight targets, which is important to note. Six catches, seventy eight yards. He absolutely gave me the business and. Uh, Amari Cooper was well, did well as well. I mean, he's got Lamar Jackson on his bench. Uh, I mean, he's just got some depth, an all-around good team. And we want to discuss Alec Cook from, coming from the last ranking to the number two scorer. Uh, do you see this as a consistent trend, Evan, or do you see this kind of a, as a Benjamin Championship flute kind of deal? Uh, well, it's interesting because, um, you know, he was ranked last in the power rankings last week by Eric J. Um, great power rankings, by the way. Just phenomenal yeah. power rankings. Great, great power rankings. I mean, shout all the power out to Eric J. Really. Eric J. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, he's got two great quarterbacks, um, which we can get into uh, maybe a little bit, but um, it's just an interesting roster construction. And uh, I know that uh, we've already discussed this, but both you and I have submitted trade offers for Lamar Jackson. But at the end of the day, I mean, having two quarterbacks is not – it's not a huge advantage for your team because guess what? You can only play one and I'm not trading a good player for a quarterback when, you know, there's lots of good quarterbacks. I mean, my, my quarterback absolutely stunk it up, Cam Newton, but if he comes out and scores three touchdowns this week, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And, uh, if I had to guess, I would say, you know, that'll be Lamar Jackson's best week of the season. So, um, you don't don't see a, you don't see a Mahomes effect here. Like, a. Like he's going to do it the whole entire season and kind of just rock everybody. You don't see any trending in that way? Well, I definitely think that he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to be one of the one of the better quarterbacks. Um, but I don't see – I mean, it, it's possible, definitely possible with the rushing ability and if, right. he, if he is an improved thrower. Um, but I'm not selling uh, David Johnson or Josh Jacobs or any of my stud wide receivers – for an upgraded quarterback when I've got, you know, yeah, Cam Newton had a bad week, but I'm not overreacting. Um, we'll see. I might I might still have something here, so. Um, I'm overreacting. Mitchell Trubisky looked terrible, but okay. Oh, yeah, he's, he's terrible. You never should have played him uh, in week one to begin with, but. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, I mean, he's going to have to choose each week if he wants to sit down Carson Wentz or Lamar Jackson, and uh, he's probably never going to know which one's going to be the correct choice, so. Hmm. How much is it really helping him? Yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, to the rest of his team, what do you think uh, outside of the Lamar Jackson factor and the Carson Wentz factor? Yeah, so um, obviously I think the, the number one issue is the same issue that you know we had that Eric J. Um, so accurately highlighted in the preseason power rankings is the running backs just very meh. I mean, they both had great week ones, so got to give them some credit there, I guess, but if I had to rely on Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler as my running backs for the season, you know, I wouldn't be too thrilled about that. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see, you know. Uh, Marlon Mack had that big t- touchdown run that I talked about in the power rankings. And then yeah. Eckler, I mean, he could be neutralized any second if Melvin Gordon decides to come back and report. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, his receivers are good, but... Um, I think Eckler had the game of his life. I think that uh, I watched a couple of those highlights. His touchdown run was he got he got kind of Oreoed between two people, and uh, and that that energy actually shot off the other defenders, and he was able to pretty much run scot free and scotch free into the end zone. So that was one highlight that I looked back on, and I was like, gosh, dang it. Um, but in his back situation, I, I I don't know. I think Marlon Mack will continue to get the touches. I think that he'll get a lot. More touches. Uh, Jacoby Brissett looked actually halfway decent, uh, at least decent enough to not just give uh, Marlon Mack the ball every single time whenever they're running their offense. So those are good signs for him as far as spreading out the floor or spreading spreading out the field and him not being a, a complete liability by the end of the season, being hurt in some way. So. Those are good, I, and I just think that as far as drafting those guys, uh, I think it was a big, I wouldn't say risk. It's just kind of I didn't realize that they had the upside that they did. But you're right about uh, you're right about Melvin Gordon, and I do think that if 
whatever I've read, it's got him out at least to the six to the eight week mark, unless he does return, which I don't think is going to happen. So I think that makes Austin Eckler at least good for the next, I mean, the next five, six weeks. So we'll see about that. And I don't know. I look, I look to his, uh, his wide receivers and I actually think if anything, we'll see a switch. Marlon Mack and Austin Eckler will decrease with a 27 and a 37. Those guys will go down into the, uh, maybe into the teens category, maybe into the 12, 11 category. And then we'll see Devonte Adams and J- uh, Juju flip because those guys got 5.6 and 10.8. And I just don't think that's going to be the, the normal regimen. Um, especially when, Pittsburgh got throttled by New England, New England, thirty-three to three, like they did the other game. I just think Juju is going to get a lot more looks, a lot more touches, and I think more touchdowns. So, yeah. So it'll be interesting. So Devontae Adams there... was also a slug out, a slug fest between Green Bay yeah. and Chicago. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so right, I wouldn't expect that kind of a quarterback explosion from Lamar Jackson, but. I mean, he's, he's got a pretty soft schedule coming up. He plays Arizona this week, so maybe we do see that uh, moving forward and he can continue to climb up these ranks. But uh, one question I had for you is, so this week he came in at number six. You know, what, where would you rank him? Do you think he's uh, one of the top teams in the league? Do you think he'll make the playoffs? I mean... God, I think he's going to make the playoffs. That's always a great question. Um, I mean... Jeez, Louise. I don't, he's... What? Who's he got coming up this week? I mean, he's got this week. He's got to go up against. Um, I believe it's Kevin. So Kevin uh, won also, but he was the lowest scoring winner with only 104 points. It's true. He's got Kevin, and then after that, he's got uh, he's got Isaac. I don't know. I, it's hard to tell, obviously now. So I won't. Uh, I won't make any assumptions. If I was going to say anything, I'd say Cook would be out of the top six, but that's just because I'm super biased. I think I'll be in there. I think that Connor's team shows that it's going to be in there from one week, and again, we'll get into that later. But And even Luke's team. Golly, Luke's team looks really stout too. So, And those are already, I mean, three, four guys, and there's only six. We're fighting for a playoff spot. It's really tough. So I – I don't know. Who knows? Who, who am I to say that? So, actually, I'll say he can make the playoffs maybe as a fifth, fourth seed. Um, not just etching in, but maybe he'll get in there. But it all comes down to a few of those, I don't know, key factors we're going to see in this week, which is, is he going to get value out of uh, Lamar Jackson? Okay. Um, is he going to... Golly, Amari Cooper, is Dak Prescott going to play that well? I'll talk to Patrick probably later on sometime and figure out how he's feeling about Dak. But if Dak continues to play that well, getting it out of his hands as quick as he was and getting these touches to Amari Cooper, I mean, six receptions on nine targets, 106 yards and a touchdown. Amari Cooper is hands down their best wide receiver. And if that's the case, then Amari Cooper is going to be a top five wide receiver. And he already has Juju and Devontae Adams. So I'm just saying that lays the ground for his team to really sprout up and solidifying that quarterback position with either Carson or Lamar Jackson, if he can keep it up, is a really, really good – I mean, it's just a really good base with Greg the leg. And if the Patriots defense continues to be this good, because people are talking about Patriots defense being really, really young and quick this season, and I don't think uh, them doing that to Pittsburgh is going to be a, a fluke, so to speak. So – He's got some really good pieces. So I'll say he gets in the playoffs. Why not? Yeah. I think 
I think he'll be uh, one of those bubble teams every year. There's those teams that are either six or se- six and seven or seven and six, and they're fighting for playoff spots. So I could see, I could see anywhere from five to eight um, being in or out in the p- playoffs, but just based on uh, you know a game or two or a touchdown here or there. I mean, it really could come down to that. It sure did last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know that for a fact. That actually brings me to my next point. Uh, do you think? Uh, do you think Connor Fulkerson? Then Connor Fulkerson's going to be in the playoffs. We bring up Connor Fulkerson because he's been a a mainstay, if you will, in the playoffs from year to year to year. Connor's actually adopted a a, a different format for the way that he's going to fantasy uh, this this year, play fantasy, and uh, he said that he's going to care less and do less research. So that's what I've been told, and it seems to be working out really, really well for him. What did you uh, What did you see from Connor's team that makes him? Uh, a lock for the playoffs, or at least just a lock for being another consistent guy in that top three conversation, top four conversation. Yeah. Um, I mean, you really don't have to do much research with this team. You just kind of set it for, and forget it with Christian McCaffrey. And, I mean, he, he practically wins the week for you by himself. I mean, right now he's projected an outrageous 25 points this week. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen another player uh, outside of the quarterbacks who's projected that many points. It's ridiculous. But, good, um, good point. Uh, I mean, his, it, the, the only real weakness I see on his team is uh, maybe the quarterback play, but, I mean, he's got Goff and Winston to choose from. They're certainly capable of putting up good fantasy performances and definitely in the right matchups can do well. Uh, I mean, Ingram was not somebody who I was sold on, but I'm pretty sure he had two touchdowns. Now it also was against the Dolphins, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that uh, – if he's able to be consistent this season. But What about Ingram 1, his tight end? Ingram one uh, looks to be a fantastic, uh, a fantastic steal of this year's draft. I mean, he's basically the number one wide receiver for the Giants, um, which isn't a high-powered offense. But I mean, he's a tight end, and he can stick him into your tight end slot. So you can't really ask for much more than that. It's um, a really good point. The only things that I worry about is uh, Devonta Freeman and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, um, yeah. Freeman uh, had a terrible game, and. Terrible. He's been a, he's been a, he's been a bust the last two seasons, and you know I, I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole, honestly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, had a fumble. I know that uh, Connor loves Devonte Freeman. He's a homer pick for him. He feels comfortable with him in his lineup. Uh, we're probably going to see Ingram grab that number two running back spot, and Devonte's going to be on the flex bubble. Whether or not he's going to try to slip him in there, or maybe try to get some waiver. Some waiver picks. Maybe he'll get D.D. Westbrook or Marvin Jones in there. I don't. I don't know what he plans on doing, but uh, but yeah, I definitely see him on the bubble. On the bubble for sure. Devontae Freeman. Uh, he's got Thielen as another great wide receiver pick. And Lockett. You're right. I mean, with only two targets the whole entire game, he did secure one reception for 44 yards and a touchdown. So he made the most of his one reception. But man. Uh, you know, you you wonder whether or not that's going to be consistent throughout the year because two targets is not going to get it done. I think that it'll get more targets, yes, but if it's going to be around that average of two to three, I just don't think uh, I don't think that's going to be an, a good play in the long run. But what is it about Connor's team? Jeez, I mean, Matt Bryant got zero points. His quarterback play was as abysmal as mine, but yet he's cranked out 138 points. I know that you're getting 40 from Christian McCaffrey on his team. I understand that. The Ravens got him 14, uh, but his kicker got him zero. And it's just like, what is it about Connor and the way that he positions his team that he's always in the mix? Like, what have you seen over the last three years that just continues to 
leverage Connor right into the thick of the conversation for the top three, top four, top two teams? Um, you know, it's tough to put a finger on it. Maybe it's um, maybe it's the safe studs um, that you know always produce week in, week out. Um, I mean, Adam Thielen in the second round, he'll probably be a good player uh, for most of the year. Was that his second round pick? I would think so. I would have thought so too. Uh, do you think, if you look back on it, you think Connor's dealt with any injury bugs? I'm not sure if I, I remember him. Yeah. I mean, that's always a big part of it is uh, who gets injured and who doesn't. You know, um, I can't think of it uh, if he's been plagued by injuries in the past, but I do know, um, you know, in his championship two years ago, a big part of that season was um, the waiver wire picking up Alvin Kamara and. Uh, wow. Yeah, you're right. There was another stud pickup, too. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, that really made the difference that season. And then last year, um, or no, it was, that, it was that year he also had Todd Gurley, who was a steal. Um, Kamara right. and Gurley together on the same team. That was That's unbelievable. insane. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't remember much about his team last year. It wasn't, uh, maybe it wasn't a memorable team, but there he was in the thick of things in the playoffs. And uh, did he win? I don't think he won a playoff game last year, but no, uh, he got the bye, and then he ran into uh, he ran into me. Yeah, ran into you, so he probably got pretty unlucky considering your team wasn't very good. Um, man, which I mean, that that'll be the next step, right? Is uh, you know, can he put it all together again? Yeah, maybe that's like uh, if he keeps this up, then it might be a uh, it might be a a playoff problem. Maybe he has a he has one of those. Houston Rockets, maybe uh, Denver Nuggets, if you will. Um, they just seem to get in the playoffs, but they don't know how to, you know, how to how to get the job done. Maybe a Chris Paul of sorts. Well, you know, I was going to go there too, but yeah, <laughs> he, did, he did win it two years ago. So. Exactly, you're right. So if this if it continues, if we see maybe a first place absence here, maybe maybe, maybe we start uh, to give him a hard time maybe, about. Maybe the real storyline is he's just got to avoid you in the playoffs. Have I, um, I probably have knocked him out in the last. Maybe, uh, <laughs> Don't run into Ben P. He needs to start shooting for the right seating to not play against me. <laughs> yeah. If he's yeah. that good, then uh, we've got other problems. If he can predict his own seating and select the seat that he wants from a distance, then yeah, that'd be good. Oh, man. Okay. Um, we've got another topic here as we close out. Uh, Blizzo of the Week. Um Really, really do appreciate the Sleeper app giving us that little little shred of content there that we all got to enjoy, and I'll probably be referencing it later in the pod with some other people. But Blizzard of the Week is going to be between our Patrick Perryman, my boy Patrick Perryman, Patrick P., or uh, Mark. Mark, uh, I'm going to just go ahead and try to pronounce his name, Mark Nguyen. Mark, Mark Nguyen. Mark Nguyen. It's just um, W-I-N. W-Y-N. Mark Nguyen. W-I-N, win. But win. he did not win. He got crushed. <laughs> You're absolutely right. He got crushed, and he put up a uh, put up a, a whopping um, – let me find it here. He put up – 85, I think. A, <laughs> yeah, against Connor, no less, so it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. But an 85-point outing, yeah, that's not going to get it done most weeks. Yeah, uh, but you if, know, if, I mean, if me and you are laughing at it, I mean, that's embarrassing. I mean, at least get to 90, right? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, I got 92. Uh, so the Swedes, 
in response to this between Mark and Sweeze, the problem or the reason why the Blizzard of the Week is as the sleeper app helped us kind of dictate is that the manager, worst manager vote went towards Patrick Sweeze because of his bench, having Deshaun Jackson on the bench and uh, and having Latavius Murray on the bench that easily could have been plugged in for the likes of Sonny Michelle or maybe Christian Kirk. So that's why he was the uh, the worst manager. But I don't know, with 110 outing, it's 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 up for discussion between Mark and between Patrick, who is the blues of the week. And uh, I don't know if you have a vote and a reasoning as to why you have a specific person in mind with this title, but uh, but I've got mine. I'll go ahead and place Blues of the Week on Mark. And again, no uh, no hard feelings towards Mark. This is just the nature of our of our league. If you haven't already noticed it, but we kind of we kind of come relentless and expect you to uh, to respond or completely get shut down. So I give it to, to Mark just because when you put up an 85-piecer, it's uh, it's really, really hard to argue that you're not the Blizzard of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's where I was going to go as well. You know, um, 85 points is, is not good. But, I mean, so when you look at this worst manager statistic, um, 75% of their perfect possible lineup – um, you know, I'm not sure. We're not, we're not really sure how good that is. I think maybe it might take a week or two before we can kind of compare these to worst managers between the weeks. 75%, I mean, I wouldn't think that that's, like, abysmal. I mean, it's not good, but uh, he still put up 110 points, Patrick did, and um, he wasn't going to win anyways. I think he went up against Tiz, who was the highest scorer of the week. So, I mean. It's a great, it, great insight it, it, there. His week was was done as soon as Sammy Watkins uh, ran down the field three times for touchdowns. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we get back point. to Mark, who I agree I think is the Blizzard of the week. Um, I would say, you know, for me, maybe there is a little bit of hard feelings because if you're gonna, the word on the street is if you're gonna go around um, and say how you're gonna prove the rankings wrong. That's true. Um, that's true. I've which, heard it. You know, it's, it's been rumored that 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 has been brought up. Um, this is not the way to do it. I mean, no. his team was terrible, uh, worse than mine, worse than yours, and uh, That's saying embarrassing. Something. Yeah, absolutely embarrassing. And uh, he's definitely going to need to show a big improvement if he wants to move off that number twelve spot in the rankings. And you know, just for me, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon. It's so, true. It's so true. we'll see. I think he's definitely the Blizzo of the week, and right now he's definitely uh, at the bottom of the barrel, and uh, just he's the worst team. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, do you think there's any moves? I look at his team and I actually see it. So Baker Mayfield, he played him instead of Tom Brady. Uh, the Houston Texans defense, I don't expect them to be that terrible every single year. Um, Josh Gordon, again, we'll see how that affects. He does have Zach Ertz, who kind of had a da- had down game. And Michael Thomas didn't explode. He did well, but he didn't explode like I would have thought with uh, Drew Brees' numbers he would have done. But is there any moves that, I don't know, you look at Mark's team, obviously you got James Conner and David Montgomery. Uh, are there any moves with those running backs or that quarterback situation that, I don't know, we talked about it earlier. Do you want to have two quarterbacks on your team? It's a really weird makeup. It's worked out for Cook, but we could see right here firsthand that it hasn't worked out for uh, for Mark. And I don't know if he wants to, if he should be making any moves with these running backs because he's kind of handcuffed with what seemed to be good running backs in this season. And, yeah, and I mean, 
here's another factor for Blizzard of the Week that we didn't even discuss. I mean, he's got an empty bench spot right now. Uh, <laughs> you think about how important Week One waivers are. Um, he could have he could have had a grab and stash and held somebody in who performed well in Week One and not had to spend up on on the waiver wire. And uh, he just left that open. And uh, you know that that just makes me think that he has no idea what he's doing. And uh, that on top of uh, holding two quarterbacks, neither one of them necessarily stellar. I mean, Tom Brady looks to be looks to have a good rest of the season now that he's got all the weapons that he does. But uh, I mean. Josh Gordon probably took a hit with the Antonio Brown signing. David Montgomery didn't look great. Didn't look like he's going to get the opportunity we all thought. Uh, DJ Moore, not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of a lot of work to do, and he's probably not going to do any of it because uh, he doesn't even have a full roster right now. So, I mean, honestly, at this point, we'll see if Mark's even in the league next year. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I don't know if we should be speaking that over anybody. But... Uh... But okay, all right, sorry. So uh, Blizzo of the Week, again, Mark, if that hits you in a rough spot, we're only trying to uh, motivate you, trying to make you better. So hopefully you'll you'll take that in stride and uh, and really give the business to... Yeah, um, he has to get better because right now he's terrible. <laughs> Good luck going up against... Uh, Against Luke next next week, we'll uh, we'll all be watching eagerly, awaiting uh, your performance. Um, we're closing out here, Evan S. Is there anything that you would like to? like to say like to close out with going into next season i don't know you've got a you've got sweeze next week so is there any comments that you may or may not have you guys have a a 43 to 57 split here before the waiver wire so yeah um i say good luck to everyone on the waiver wire um you know when it comes to p sweezy um he didn't win blizzo of the week this week but i'm really hoping that he does next week because that means that i'll probably have come away with a win and that's really what i want yeah um so um, I've been in my spat with Eric J, but I will say, um, you know, it's just part of the game. And uh, this week, I'm going to crush Patrick like a like a bug. So <laughs> awesome! Well, we appreciate the uh, we appreciate the the comments, the time. It uh, means a lot on the pod. I know that everybody's going to love listening to it. Also, uh, from a fellow Week One loser, good luck Week One, Evan S. Good week, good good luck, buddy. Yeah, uh, we need it, and uh, us losers, I mean, it's good for us losers if we if we win together because that means that the winners who are ahead of us will lose. So um, hopefully we both win. Great insight. All right, love it. I will, uh, I'll talk to you later. All right, see ya. All right, see ya. That was Evan S. I want to thank you for your time and appreciate you. You're a great Mr. Manager, and um, we had a really fun time recording that. Uh, due to all the content and the waiver wire activity, I'm going to include a little snippet from the office for you guys to debrief, clear your minds before we get into all the said content with Patrick P., Mr. Manager, in the next segment. So here's a snippet from the office, and then it'll dive right into Mr. Manager, me, and Patrick P., Mr. Manager conversation. Uh, yeah, here it is. Enjoy. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to, on a more personal scale, a, a more micro form of management. Jim, what is that called? micro Boom. Yes. Now, Jim is going to be the client. Dwight, you're going to have to sell to him without being aggressive, hostile, or difficult. Let's go. All right, fine. <clears throat> bring, bring. Hello? Hello, this is Dwight Schrute from the Dunder Mifflin Paper Company. Wow, that's great, because I need paper. 
Excellent, then you are in luck, because we are having a limited time offer only on everything. Wow, this is my lucky day. Ask him his name. What is your name, sir? I am Bill Butlicker. Really, that's your real name? How dare you? My family built this country, by the way. Be respectful, Dwight, please. Uh, yes, Michael. Could you hold on one second? That's my other line. What? No, but I... Hello? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just on the phone with this stupid salesman. He's so dumb. Probably just gonna keep him on the line forever and not buy anything. <laughs> okay. It's up to you to change his mind. Sorry, that was a family emergency. Oh no, what's wrong? You know what? That's private. Boundaries, Dwight, come I'm on. I'm sorry, Mr. Butlicker. As I was saying, <sighs> we're having a limited- Speak up a little bit louder, I'm hard of hearing. He's hard if he's an old man. Okay, as I was saying, right now yeah, we are having- talk louder. Okay. Our prices have never been lower. Son, you have Sir, to talk louder. Never been lower. Louder, but, son! Butlicker! Our prices have never been lower! Stop it! That is totally inappropriate. You never yell at the client. You now never you listen yell at the to client. me, sir. Here we go. The three words I would describe you Here as is aggressive, yes. hostile, and definitely difficult. Please, phone. Mr. Butlicker. I'm irate right give now. Give me the phone. Please give me He's another irate. chance. Give me the phone. Mr. Butlicker. Give me the phone. I have to put you on with my boss. Well, I should hope so. Who is this? Hello, this is Michael Scott, regional manager. Well, this is William M. Butlicker. Hello, Mr. Butlicker. How may we help you? Michael, I like the sound of your voice. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy $1 million worth of paper products today. <laughs> See how it's done? Thank you very much, sir. I don't think you'll regret it. You, know what I did? you are the master. There is one condition, Michael. Yes. You have to fire the salesman that treated me so terribly. Don't do it, Michael. Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. All right, we're here with Patrick, the man, Perryman, the manager uh, from the Peace Weezy organization. Uh, Patrick, you want to say what's up? Hey, what's up? Yeah, it's, the official name is Dak Bob Kirk Pants. <laughs> um, so it's okay. I saw that Evan did note, notate me as Peace Weezy and gave everyone else their team names on the power rankings this week. That's fine. I'm not taking any disrespect from that. The Dak Bob Kirk Pants organization is uh, not, not offended. Not offended, not offended. Um, we've got a lot to talk about back here on the pod. We took a quick break to take a little, little uh, you don't know anything about this. You don't care. Um, so we're back on the pod, though, and we've got a lot to discuss. Um, a lot going on, and I think we want to start with waivers just as a little blip on the radar that I want to try to address for the league. There's a lot of things I like to address for the league, and um, this is not going to be the best pod for uh, – for voting for Benjamin Pompelli for president or doing anything that might boost your thoughts of me. And I'm okay with that, unfortunately. So moving forward, I do want to discuss the waivers. We've got them both pulled up here again, here with Dak Bob Kirkpants and um, 15 new waiver claims. That's uh, that's big. That's a lot of action. If you ask me, big waiver day. Big waiver day. And uh, we'll start, honestly, let's just start at the top and work our way down as it gets down to the bottom that nobody really cares. So, Marquise Brown, just want to get your thoughts, Patrick. Were you hot on this guy at all whenever you saw his production that week? Hollywood Brown, the targets were what I was concerned about. I mean, he definitely looks like a star. Um, I knew that he's going to be going for a price much higher than I was willing to spend, so I didn't even put a, a bid out there. And little did I know it was even much, much higher than even I had anticipated. So I, I had no piece of Mar- Mar- Marquise Brown this week. Hmm. Okay, it's fair. You're probably uh, probably safe to stay away. That's what uh, as we learned in um, 
yeah, as we learned <laughs> firsthand here. Um, gosh. So uh, I actually kind of did the same thing. I was going after so many different people that I didn't even register to me that I should probably go after him. I like John Ross a whole lot more than him in this situation. We'll get into that in just a few moments. But we've got UK Wildcat fan. Um, He did discuss with me a little bit prior to the waivers on what people are willing to spend. And I told him in past years, I have seen people go as high as 47. Um, And and some people go... Well, uh, that's true. And I was the culprit one time. Uh, Tiz has been the culprit a few times. Um, if you guys remember my Jason Witten got uh, that I did on How the waivers. Yeah. Um, or if you remember, Tiz obviously had this. I think he did it. He, did he do it with Mahomes in the previous year? Is that who he bid on? That was, I guess it kind of paid off for him, but I thought it was Mahomes. It sounds like, sounds right to me that it was Mahomes. Yeah. Um, we're, we're not 100% sure, but I, I do remember a very high bid. Maybe it would have panned off with Mahomes, but we're not here to judge the past. We're just here to talk about the present and the future. Um, so, yeah, Alex put a bid down for 47. The next closest bid was Luke at 19. Um, love to see Luke getting busy on the wires. I think that's obviously a notable point. Um, I do want to, before we get into this grading scale, if you will, I want to discuss with you your thoughts on this idea. Okay, and this is... Candid, right off the cuff, I want to get your thoughts, okay? If you outbid someone, okay, by $1 to $2, I think that's perfect, right? That's pretty perfect, okay? Let's go 3 to $4 mark. I would say that's still pretty great, okay? 3 to $4 over, and you secured the player that you want, I say that's great. 5 to $6, i am saying that you're probably still good. You spent five more bucks, you got your guy, you beat someone out by $5. That's still good. 7 to $8, I think that that's fair. It's kind of it's not great. It's not good. It's fair. And then nine and ten, I would say is bad. Above ten, I would say uh, you really screwed the pooch. Okay. How how do you think about what do you think about that grading system there? That's fair. So you say like a difference of twenty eight dollars, maybe a little too much. Might might be a little much. Okay. So we've got we've got perfect. We've got great. We've got good. We've got fair. We've got abysmal or no we've got bad and then we've got abysmal okay okay we'll move yeah, forward with fair. that grading scale if that's okay with you yeah sure okay. let's, let's do that thank you um so marquis marquis brown we look at the bid put there and that is absolutely abysmal that's absolutely <laughs> terrible okay there's no getting around it no ifs and or buts about it that's an overbid by a long shot we'll move on sure. to the next player <laughs> Okay, so now we move on to TJ Hawkinson, all right? Tight end. I don't know much about him, but apparently he looked good for Detroit. And uh, we've got UK. um, This is Alex making another bid of 27. So the difference here, if we do our our math correctly, is 15. According to my math. 15 on our grading scale, Patrick. What does that that rank on our grading scale? Now, is that also abysmal? Yes. Because okay. that is above ten, and it is an overbid. Thought I had the system figured out. <laughs> okay. <I> clarify. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's abysmal. That's an overbid. Okay. okay. Um, right. Do you have any comments on T.J. Hawkinson and maybe the other bids that were placed by uh, Evan or Connor? The, yeah, the top two bids here. I guess to 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 a point you've made in the past. He went out and he got his guys, though. You know, he went out there. <laughs> he put his bids out there for the guys he wanted, and man, did he get them. No one was fighting him for Hollywood Brown or TJ Hawkinson this week. He said, I like these guys. I like their upside. If they both end up performing the way they did in week one, 
no one's going to look back on this and say it was wrong. But the question is, does the bottom drop out on any of these players at any point in this season? At that point, then you start to question. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's even a valid point that we just discussed earlier. We can't remember if Tiz overspent on Mahomes because he's Mahomes, right? Right, exactly. Exactly. So we can only hope the hope for the best there for Alex in this kind of situation. So let's move on to uh, Darren Waller. People are high on Darren Waller. Apparently he looked really, really good, and people were willing to bid for him. So if you want to do the math and kind of go through these rankings here, what do you think about Evan Shacklett's bid of $26? Yeah, so 26, the second highest was Connor at 10, and, and you uh, at 10 as well, and then it was 9 and 8. So that's going to be a difference of 16, which according to my rankings and recollection of what we just talked about, yeah. I think that's also abysmal. Abysmal, yeah, it's just an overbid. It's kind of it's too much, if you will. I, I really like Connor's bid at 10. Um, it, you know, it, a, a good player would maybe put $10 down there. Uh, yeah. yeah, the other okay. person that bid on ten dollars was me. I, that's oh wow, what a coincidence! Oh, um, wow. But you see what we did with the ten dollars and how we would have outbid both Isaac and we would have outbid uh, Eric. So by one to two dollars, which is by our definition of the rules, would be perfect. So right in there. yeah, right in there. But that did not happen. Evan Shackley made an abysmal, uh, abysmal bid at twenty six and went and got his guy. So yeah. you have any thoughts on Darren Waller? People are high on Waller for sure, uh, especially with Antonio Brown leaving town. Um, everyone thinks that Waller is the guy to have because he's going to be getting a fair share of the targets, which is fair and could be a league winner for him. Time will tell. Yeah, man, I love seeing uh, love seeing tight ends get on the market, uh, especially when they're new. Because man, I cannot. I just I live for a, a fantasy world where we have consistent tight ends. Wouldn't that be something? That'd be great. We only have like drop off from like the top four to just <laughs> exactly. <hit>. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. And see, uh, I don't know. That's what all that I have on Waller. We can move on to John Ross if you're ready. I'm ready. Um, Benny P. Yours truly um, bid twenty four dollars on John Ross, which to the next closest bid of nineteen um, is going to be an outbid of if my math is correct, it's five. Five, uh, five dollars. Okay, and like we discussed earlier on uh, on our ranking system, and again, is this a bias ranking system? Absolutely not. I think this is the most standard. <laughs> I think this is the most standard understanding of fab budgeting that you could possibly have. So, uh, with five dollars, that lands me right in the category of good. Good. Okay, right good. There, huh? Yeah, yeah. Didn't waste Funny too many. Yeah, didn't waste too many dollars, but went and got my guy at value and outbid all the other people. Uh, it's just a good self awareness practice, is what I is what this fab whole thing is kind of teaching me. So, uh, whoever Benny Pump is, he, I thought he bid really, really well. Do you have any thoughts on John Ross and the Cincinnati it, system? Which, yeah, if you look down at the bids placed, you look back at <laughs> L. Shack himself putting in a, a zero bid. Yeah, which would put not a lot of value on John Ross. Um, just if no one else grabs him, then he's going to pick him up. But uh, yeah, John Ross definitely definitely looked like the guy in Cincinnati. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna be fine until AJ Green comes back, and then we're gonna see a downtick there probably. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, almost seems like there was a statement bid made there by Evan S. Putting zero, just a statement. Yeah. He'd show up. And that uh, it would be discussed. So he did his job there. Very good. Very good, Evan S. You've, you, you beat us, you trickster. Um, okay. Uh, we'll move on to Chris Thompson. Uh, this is my bid. Um, <clears throat> not. I don't think we should spend too much time on this. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Um, as we as we rank our system here, Benny P uh, put down 23 bids. The next highest bidder was Connor at 12, uh, giving the difference there of 11 dollars. Um, therefore, 11 dollars. Yeah. Does that put us right in the abysmal zone? Uh, yeah, for, yeah, right on the abysmal zone, right there. Um, I keep forgetting the scale. No, no, no the that, abysmal sounds right. Yeah, that's it. You, yeah, so abysmal. So what what um, would you think if you knew Benny Pump close and well? Yeah. What would you think um, he's feeling about this bid in particular? Oh, uh, well, um, I think that uh, I think that if I knew him like I knew myself, that uh, that. He, he was very skinny at running backs, um, and he needed to figure out a solution, and he didn't want to lose the opportunity to get someone who's going to be catching passes out of the backfield. So that's Someone might say he's even skinnier now at uh, running backs. Um, we'll get to the trade discussions later, Patrick Perryman. Please <laughs> abide by the law of the pod, which is we've got bits that we'll get to. Um, Chris Thompson definitely will get the passing work. I'm with you there. I hope that it goes much higher. <laughs> And then it'll be amazing. Um, Connor put in a bit of 12. Appreciate the attempt. Tiz in there. Kevin on there. Kevin was also busy on the waiver wires. Love to mention Kevin whenever I get a chance. But uh, he was busy, and I love to hear that. Love to see that. Uh, just not high enough, and I don't think anyone's faulting him for it. So. Right. <sighs> Chris Thompson. We move on. Danny Amendola, $21. Okay. Listen, Here everybody. Listen, everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think we need a new ranking above abysmal. Yeah, you know that's the thing. If I, yeah, honestly, I uh, I saw that he got that many targets and I just kind of lost it. <laughs> so I wanted him really bad. And uh, all, again, I'm going to be very honest and candid on this pod. I didn't realize that uh, he was. Um, <laughs> I had his teammate Galladay, so um, that was a problem for me very quickly when I realized that. And I'm not thrilled to announce that I uh, had messed that up. Here's the other thing, and I'll mention this throughout the pod. There's been a lot of uh, here's the, how can I say this? I get made fun of frequently. Um, I get bashed frequently. It's it's honestly a regimen of how much bashing can I take, and I'm okay with it. I'm actually pretty good with the bashing and the comment making because that's what our group of friends needs. We just need someone to bash their face in from time to time to kind of bring down the, 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 you know, what's it called? Comedic relief. Uh, you gotta have that kind of guy and I'm willing to be that guy, but here's the thing when their comments actually stick is the worst. (laughs) It's, it's just the worst. And unfortunately this pod is going to be a self roasting of myself because everybody's making comments like they always do. But this time they're true. Um, Danny Amendola, that was an overbid. It was absolutely abysmal. Do you have any thoughts on Danny Amendola and my overbid? Yeah, the quote of the day, I thought, was, I guess he wanted a Galladay handcuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, if you were trying to handcuff Galladay, um, as long as you still got him on your roster, that did make sense. Yeah, yeah as long as you just uh, – oh, man. Um, we'll get into that later. I had to trade away one of those guys. and we'll, oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, P. Sweeties got in here with a bid of six for Terry McLaurin. Don't even see a picture on the guy. You want to tell me a little bit about your bid for six dollars when nobody else bid? Again, a uh, a good bid by definition. Just so good you're by aware, <laughs> for sure. I thought he was worth six percent of the fab with his target share in the Washington offense. Obviously, you don't want to put too much stock in a Washington offense. Um, even the best wide receiver on a terrible offense is worse than a 
second or third wide receiver on a good offense. So didn't want to spend too much. I thought 6% was fair. thought maybe more people would go for him since he is the guy, but it's the Redskins. So Yep, fair, fair point. Fair point. Um, do you want to take us into our next person there? Yeah, so we've got a bid of $5 on Philip Rivers and then a shocking, shocking drop of Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, there's a name change to come soon for whoever that owner is. Yeah, that sounds like um, sounds like a good plan. Yeah, it's me. Um, I'm going to have to change my name from uh, Camaras and Mitch because I've lost both of them. Again, we'll get into that later. But uh, I had to drop Mitch just, just because, honestly, it's been a rough week for your boy. Um, all things considered, as I, I pause to take a moment this Wednesday on the pod, um, the Bears didn't look good, and uh, that was disheartening. And I have made some, some blizzo moves, to say the least. But – I'm here, I'm vulnerable, and uh, Mitch needed to go because if I want to give myself a fantasy chance, I cannot be thinking about carrying his burden. That is him being the quarterback of the Bears system right now. I just can't handle that. So, yeah. At the end of the day, according to your scale, it was a good bid. Good bid, just a good bid. Yeah, not great, not perfect or anything, just good, just good. So I got Phillip Rivers on the team. Hopefully he'll be able to lead the charge. Gosh, I miss the days when I had Drew Brees. That's all I can think of right now. Anyways, moving forward, we got the next guy here. Uh, Delaney Walker uh, was picked up by Tiz for $3, and he dropped Njoku. Uh, I don't have any thoughts on this other than Delaney Walker is a comment that I've heard a time or two made of glass, so it's hard for him to stay on the, the field. You're a Tennessee fan, so you know a little bit more about Delaney Walker. Why don't you give us some insight there, what we could be looking forward to, the high, the ceiling of Delaney, and then also the, the floor, if you will. I think Delaney is a floor guy, for sure. He's definitely getting worked in the offense. At the beginning of the season, which we can talk about this a little more more later, I think, um, but I was all the way out as a Titans fan on any piece of the Titans offense except for Delaney Walker. Oh, wow. I would pick him up. Um, they looked great in week one. My question would be, is Tiz tilting too early on Njoku? Does he have more upside than Walker? Um, time will tell what the Cleveland Browns offense actually looks like if they start clicking this year. Hmm. Interesting insight there from a uh, Tennessee perspective. Um, the golly, the final. We need to uh, scoot through these last couple picks as we get down into the the three range. You picked up the Carolina Panthers and you bid three. The next bid was zero, so you're you know you're aware of your surroundings there. You got the Carolina Panthers D. Uh, you just kind of just kind of getting them to swap in down the down the season. Just kind of see a good matchup. Yeah, it's a stream. We're playing against Jameis Winston, the interception engineer himself so mm-hmm. we're hoping to get a few interceptions this week um see if it pans out yeah we move on to evan s for our first perfect bid of the whole entire evening uh with a two over two to drop justice hill and to beat out alex tisver for giovanni bernard perfect on a technicality because evan's team is absolute pap uh he gets him just on a again a technicality but he's got geo he's been telling me yeah i mean with mixon maybe being hurt out for a little bit of time. Gio's definitely going to get some more time. We can look to see that from him, and that's uh, that's Evan's thoughts on Gio. But man, he's as old as sand. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't really want to back up running back on the Bengals offense. Um, but I mean, if Mixon does miss time this year, which it's very possible that he does, uh, especially with this ankle injury popping up, Bernard might be a safe play. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Burkus, uh, our boy Mark, added the New York Jets. 
Connor Fulgerson added as Ben Roethlisberger, dropped Jameis Winston, didn't like what he saw there. Uh, Connor also dropped C.J. Anderson. That's an obvious play there. And picked up uh, Gus Edwards, I think. Uh, that's another perfect bid by Connor, zero over zero. On a technicality, Connor's going to get this bid somehow. I don't know how, but he did. I mean, I think it's because Shaq already, yeah, I think Shaq already used his uh, his tiebreaker pap team to get another one. So that, I don't know. I don't know how it works. I just know that he got him. Perfect bid. And then we've got a uh, a drop of Matt Bryant, the Atlanta kicker for Austin Siebert. I uh, hope that works out for Connor. Good low budget Perfect moves bid. there. Good low budget low budget moves. So that that concludes the waivers. Um, I just want to reiterate again in my position, I, I was really having a down down moment. And um, again, everybody says I whatever you know, brain of a peanut, um, <laughs> managerial <laughs> skills of a peanut. Uh, do I feel personally attacked? Only a little bit, but not a whole lot. Uh, um, but the they, they're definitely true today. Um, I didn't know what I was thinking. Honestly, if I could just confess to the whole entire league, I panicked. I panicked. And uh, I just knew that my team needed a facelift, and I wasn't willing to compromise on any part of the facelift. So I went out and got them. But so begins my demise. (laughs) You spread a lot of fab dollars out there. You really did. But if your plan was to make a bunch of trades throughout the season to replenish your fab, which is a new – um, new avenue for that this year, then maybe it'll work out. Hopefully, hopefully we've got yeah yeah hopefully yep hopefully, yeah, hopefully. Um, <laughs> we can only you don't seem to believe that. Uh, you say that you don't seem to believe it. I uh, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I'm gonna try. So let's move on to the next topic of conversation: trade discussions. Um, let's yeah. go. Let's scroll down, me and you both, to the trade that did happen. Um, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, I uh, trade uh, seven hours ago to the moment right now. Um, I traded Deshaun Jackson. No, crap. I traded Leonard Fournette and Kenny Galladay for Latavius Murray and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I also got 10 fab dollars. Um, <clears throat> do you want to start... <laughs> Yeah, I think this is what everybody wants to hear about right now. We had a discussion prior to this, so just lay it out for him, please. Yeah, I think that um, I want to address some things that were said. Um, There were rumors of trade rape. There were whispers that I'm the Antonio Brown of Fight Club. Wow. Um, Wow. I'd like to to address those. (laughs) Okay. So you sent me that offer originally, did you not? Um, I did, I think. Yeah, uh, you did pivot to Michelle before you sent it. Yeah, I think I did. Um, I was asking which of the backs, Mixon, uh, Michelle, and Murray, did you least favor? Right. (coughs) Because I was shipping Galladay and Fournette, I think, no matter what. So. Right. Yeah, so you texted me, and as you know, um, been sick today, had a fever, been in and out of consciousness all day. Uh, woke up to that message about three hours after you had sent it. So I was t- taking a look. You offered the Murray trade, um, and then you pivoted to Michelle, saying that you were interested in whatever running back that I wanted to throw in there. So I did move to the Latavius Murray. Honestly, 
you told me you had three other offers on the table, so I thought you might swipe one of those up. Um, I, which is true. So, I did. I was in the middle of discussions yeah. with uh, Alex Cook, as he mentioned before. Um, so, and then there was there was I, the speculative texts were out there, and offers were being mulled over. Yeah. So I, I thought you might swipe one of those up. I thought, man, they must have. Whenever the offer was accepted, I thought those must have been some bad offers. Or that you just really believed in DJX this year with his chemistry with Wentz, um, and that you wanted—I thought you wanted Murray in case anything happened to Kamar, you know. So that was my thought. And then who knows? Fournette could go down any second. Um, that's not out of the realm of possibility. And then if anything does happen to Kamara, if those things happen, definitely would be a good outcome for you, right? So that being said, I probably am going to troll you with some player nicknames. Um, yeah, on that's fair. Fournette and um, Galladay. That's fair. Uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, again, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, well played. I'll give you that. Um, well, I think no. I mean, I, I thought you just really believed in Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, and, no, I mean, and he I could have a great year. Yeah, and I appreciate you justifying these things and making it sound less worse than it actually is. I'll go ahead and bury the uh, bury myself because I thought in my head. Latavius Murray, I knew that he wasn't with Minnesota, but I didn't think he was with the Saints. Um, Again, this really does just hit home just how poor of a managerial job I have done this last week. I acknowledge that, and I'm moving forward. But, man. um, That's all you can do. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, I just, as soon as the trade went through, I realized I really screwed the pooch here. Um, I drafted Fournette early for the sake of having at least – a trade-worthy person, I don't know, a trade uh, a trade piece moving forward, and at least just for him to show up from week one and week two and get the workload. Um, I completely botched it. I knew that I had to get rid of. I really was high on Danny Amendola. I was high on Galladay. I really can switch those guys in, in and out either way. So getting rid of one of them, I didn't really care whichever one you wanted. Um, and, uh, and so for him to go – and for Fournette to go, and for me to get Deshaun and Latavius. I do think Deshaun will be better this year than he has in previous years. I don't think he's going to be that good, and I do think that I made a huge mistake with Latavius. I can see what you're seeing with the handcuff situation, but I really was thinking he was going to be a starting running back for a different team. That's what I thought. Um, So... I will actually consent. Uh, there was no trade rape here. It was uh, it was consensual. It was consensual. Yeah, it was consensual. Okay. This is just me on the pod being honest with fellow teammates. It was consensual. Um, yeah, I guess my point. I, I definitely didn't reach out to you with this offer. No, 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 no. From your side. Yeah. So I think a raping has to happen from one side. Yeah, if you could paint a uh, a um, scandalous picture here, it would be me creeping into the bedroom of Patrick in the night, getting underneath the covers and trying to fool around. So that's not on uh, Patrick. That's just... Wow, no, no one wants that picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I did get $10, $5 out of it. You know what I mean? Holla. You did get... You're starting to build up your fab again. Yeah. Oh, man, I sure am. <laughs> oh, man, what have, I, what have I put myself into? Um <laughs> The immediate responses and the fallout from that, uh, again, emotionally, I wasn't prepared for it. This all happened on my effing lunch break. Mm. So, so you're uh, also racing against the clock trying to get these deals done, maybe factored in? A little bit of pressure definitely factored in. Oh, my goodness. Uh, anyway. And you're tilting a little bit from the waivers that went down already. Yes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of external pressure, unfortunately. 
gosh, it doesn't get any easier. Um, okay, whatever. Uh, moving on. Um, that was that, and uh, this is just an avalanche of things that have happened for me over the course of the last couple of minutes. Obviously, again, the fallout, I was prepared for it, but my whole entire phone was blowing up the whole entire workday, and it was absolutely terrible. You hear me? It was absolutely terrible. I hated every second of it. Gosh, I told people at work, I told my coworkers I was emotionally unstable, and they said, why? And I said, I'm having some fantasy football fallout. I'm dealing with that. And they all rolled their eyes because they're women and they don't understand, but I made a mistake and they didn't know my emotional state. So that happened. Let's move on. The next trade. Um, <clears throat> the next trade, let me scroll to it real quick. Lord have yeah. mercy. Um, Here we go. Mm, so me and Evan S. discussed heavily, and I do want to give a good shout-out to, uh, to Tisver, uh, just those two individuals mainly just because – they really worked hard with me. We went back and forth, forth and back. Honestly, I felt like these these teams really wanted to find a deal that worked for both of them, and uh, I didn't feel um, I didn't feel pressured in any situation. I felt like there was a negotiation on both ends for both of those those organizations. So I was very very pleased with the 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 uh, the at least the interaction. So uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Alvin Kamara are no longer on my team. It's a very unfortunate thing. And obviously in this circumstance, I realized that I made a mistake earlier. And uh, with that mistake, I realized the only necessary, like the only piece that I had left was Alvin Kamara, and I had to ship him for a load of what could be a very high uh, high upside for a, a a risky running back, if you will. And then uh, had to secure some kind of wide receiver depth from that and that's what I tried to do giving up Alshon I know how he can ebb and flow so I was fine with just kind of letting him be who he is somewhere else we're still best friends we're still close but he's on a different team I secured Cooper Cup Josh Jacobs and um, I did give up five dollars a fab which was not the goal and me and Evan actually got into a huge not argument but it uh, definitely became a heated conversation later in the the bid making process as a I didn't notice that actually I thought you were receiving That's what I thought too I swear That's what I said on the phone I was like Evan I thought I was getting $10 That's the whole entire Freaking point of this thing And he um, He said no That's what I was trying to tell you Is that You get to keep Murray Which I do get to keep Murray So again Not by any means Speaking this into existence But if Kamara does get hurt Then I do have the top back In New Orleans Um, So That is one Part of the deal That I liked Is that I got to keep The handcuff and, uh, and obviously I like Cooper Cup, hopefully moving forward, and Josh Jacobs. Uh, the trade rumors are true. I want to get your opinion on this real quick. Um, Tiz did, in fact, offer me. Um, let me find it. Where did, he, where did he put that? Do you see where it's at? Uh, let's see. Yeah, he says Tiz said he offered you Chris Carson and Sammy Watkins for, yeah. I'm guessing, just Kamara. So for Alvin Kamara and uh, and Alshon, yeah, and Alshon slash, oh gosh, Alshon slash maybe Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, yeah. There's a couple times that we entertained the thought of getting Diggs into the conversation and trying to get Dalvin Cook into the question, but those things fell silent and uh, his we we weren't able to move forward with any of his deals. But again, a very great negotiation, great business that they're running over there at the Tisver company, Tisver organization. 
really happy with their managerial style. But I want you to look at that trade, and I want to give you. I want you to give me your thoughts, kind of outlooking. Um, yeah, which one do you think was a better trade? Uh, between you and Shaq or you and Tiz? Is that the question? Yes, and Tiz would have given me ten fab dollars. I would have got instead of losing five, I would have got ten. That's the only difference. So think Deshaun Watson or Alshon, and um, and let me just make sure that this is right, so that we can. It is hard to part ways of Kamara. I would assume. I would assume that hurts to even put him on the block. Yeah, it was it was Kamara and Alshon. So and then Carson and Watkins. So yeah, uh, give me your yeah. thoughts. It definitely was tough. Watkins, um, the Lizard King himself. I think you know it, his success this year depends on if Tyreek Hill is missing more time than we think, um, because he's definitely the number one guy in that offense right now. Chris Carson, huge upside, going to be the bell cow. It looks like for that offense. I I tend to like both of them and their value better than um, Cooper and Josh Jacobs just because I think Cooper Cup may be limited since they have they spread the ball around a lot there. Um, Josh Jacobs does he does look like the bell cow. So I think Yeah. I think if I was going for absolute value, I might take the risk on now I don't know if I could trade Kamara. Outright. Yeah, I know it's. I don't know if I could part ways with him for either one of these. Deals. You'd have to put yourself in a situation um, where I don't know you're very tilted, and uh, you find yourself in a situation where you need to make your team better immediately. So you're, it's again not the best managerial move, I'll admit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I like the Carson Watkins combo right now better than the Jacobs Cup combo. Okay, um, but I do think Jacobs is definitely the guy in Oakland so it's hard to really fight against that um, you've definitely got an RB1 there as long as he stays healthy and the Raiders can continue to get in the ball oh gosh yeah gotta cross my fingers gotta hope that Deshaun Jackson's gonna be more than just a deep threat I have seen things of uh, seen things in the Eagles offense where they're actually putting him into the slot now using his speed kind of to get more catches and more touches I need that to be true and I need that to be productive and then I also need um I need Cooper Cup to remain that number one guy, and I need Josh Jacobs to be the next Alvin Kamara. So I, at least I put myself in a situation where I think that there's high enough upside to where, I don't know, if things really pan out, then I, I don't know if it'll ever be considered a great move. If anything, I think it was just a, a damage control move. But And by damage control, I probably only made it worse. But when I think of guys that can go out there and get you 30, yeah, Alvin Kamara can go do that. He can even get you 40. What I was thinking about while we were eating dinner at this meeting was if Alvin can get me 40 on a good night, I'm curious if the two guys that I traded for can get me 40 together or if they can even get 50 together. Um, I'm not so sure that that would happen a lot, but there's a better – well, I don't know. There's a chance, and I guess that's what I'm I'm hoping for is that he continues to put up 20 like numbers and Cup will get some <coughs> touchdowns. Uh, and again, I go back to I do have Murray. If anything were to have happen to Alvin Kamara, I don't want that to happen to him. But I do see that he's had crazy productive seasons. Almost, I think it's going to be three seasons in a row now, and that's kind of I don't know. That's unusual. It's not normal for people to be able to do that that well. So we'll see what happens. But I'm uh, definitely definitely in shambles. Yeah, I think Cup gets the most end zone targets out of the three. 
I think Woods gets the most targets in general, and then Cooks is the deep threat guy. So if you're going to go for the guy that gets the most touchdowns, probably Cup. So. Um, just want to talk a little bit about uh, Alex Cook. He said he also offered me a trade, Lamar Jackson, Juju Schuster, and uh, Malcolm Brown for Kamara. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'd be taking that deal. Um, I do think Juju's going to be better than he was week one for sure. The Steelers aren't going to run into that buzzsaw of the Patriots every week. Um, so I think Juju has more upside. I, I don't think I'd typically even consider – a trade offer where a quarterback's involved just because we could all have top 12 quarterback guys right at the end of the year so I don't like to factor that into a lot of value and then Malcolm Brown obviously I hope Malcolm Brown starts to get less and less shares as Gurley um, continues to look healthy so uh, I probably wouldn't go for that trade oh goodness yeah Uh, looking at a little bit of the thought here in the message board uh, I just want to say Eric J, I think, is the the best insulter in the group. Um, as far as slinging rocks, I think that he does the best job of doing it. Um, and I only say that because whenever he says it, it seems to hurt more for whatever reason. Um, yeah, and I, and I guess it's because I think that he he doesn't just sling them out there unpurposefully. I think he sends them with the intention to uh, to strike and uh, not 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 that it's a personal thing. It's not about that. It's about just. Um, if I'm going to maximize insult, I think Eric J does a very good job of doing that. He just he just really lays it out, and it. Um, so you're saying Eric J has the highest ceiling as insult swinging goes. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. That's what I'm saying. Uh, shade he bringeth, shade he taketh away, because his praises are also great. So um, I'm riding the tide right now, and it's very uncomfortable where I'm at, but I'm living with it, and I'm trying to move on. Um, I've been on this side of the Eric J. Pendulum many a time. I was a shift group leader, uh, and I received many, many, many a slack and shade from him and his friends. But uh, but all in all, all that was received, and guess what? Now we're all friends. So the joke's not necessarily on him, but the, the this is just how our relationship works. So I'll ride the high and ride the lows, and uh, this is going to be a tough season for me um, the next couple of days. So... So if you can take take the insults that come flying at you from Eric J, then a deep friendship can be cultivated. Well, the deep deep friendship's not going anywhere. That's a fact. <laughs> deep friendship's not going anywhere. This is actually what I I mean. I don't thrive on this kind of stuff. I'm actually a, a very um, a words oriented person. A um, what is it? Words of affirmation. So actually, the words that he's slinging to me are devastating. But he it's it's okay because I deserve them and I know what I deserve and it's, it's, it's righteous. It's right. This is right. This is accounted as righteousness to me because it's true. Um, don't want to get too close to about blasphemy here, but another example of people that I cling to in these moments of darkness, uh, Kevin had something positive to say. Sure did. Yeah. <laughs> but, but back on the fab there a little while ago, he says, you know what, Ben, I hope this works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor, Connor also gave me a, a bit of a, a bit of a, um, I don't know how to explain it. He he didn't roast me or anything. He said, Ben, listen, you've made crazy moves like this before, and it's worked out for you. So I don't know, but I'm really confused. So at least he gave me the benefit of the doubt. Um, yeah, I can count yeah, on. Yeah, he said he could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, he could be. Wow, what a bold statement. Um, but yeah, Evan S and Air J especially definitely did. They just give me the business. They're really good at it. So. 
keeps me honest. Keeps me honest. Keeps me moving forward. And that's what we're going to keep on doing on this podcast. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great content. Oh, golly. Um, actually, on the topic of Eric J, before we get too far, uh, I want to stay on him. And I want to get some thoughts from Patrick, a fellow Boston guy. Um that's, that's that's really just what I want to dig into. This is not about him uh, as a fantasy owner, not about the organization that he runs, though he does run a very good one, though he does have a good squad. This is all just personal. Just wanted to talk about Eric J. Um, just Eric J. Yeah. How did you find your Boston ties? My Boston ties. So my dad grew up as a Boston fan. My uncle lived in – both my uncles lived in Boston, so I would go up there a lot. Um, all Celtics fans, so that's my Boston tie. It's okay. just it's a family affair. Very very good. And um, you say you're a Celtics fan for sure. Absolutely. Number one, four and foremost of all the sports that are in Boston, you're you're a uh, you're a Celtic fan. Oh yeah, Boston strong. Yeah, Boston strong. Um, here's the thing. I guess uh, you're not a Boston Red Sox guy. Not. No, you're no. a Dodgers guy. I am a Dodgers guy, which seems counterproductive to be an L.A. and a Boston fan in yeah, different facets. But it's also baseball, which, eh, you know, I don't want it, to – it's baseball, so we can eh, we can talk about it later. Um, yeah, that's a family thing, too. My dad lived in L.A. for a while, so he was a Dodgers fan. So just grew up watching both of those. Justified quickly. Uh, but do you find yourself a Patriots fan? Absolutely not. Not any. Not any bit of me is a Patriots fan. Yeah, and, and I, honestly, I don't even draw the Boston uh, correlation or the Boston connection. Um, just for whatever reason, obviously, just grew up my whole entire life. The New England Patriots, at, at Massachusetts, at Boston, it's at Foxborough. There's just all these things that didn't actually get there to me. So here I am thinking New England Patriots franchise, and then out of the, it's not. I'm not going to say woodwork, but. I haven't heard so much uh, praise coming from the Eric J corner for the Patriots before in my whole entire life. And I guess I just want to hear your thoughts on what you think about being a Boston person um, in some capacity as a Celtics fan, which you and Eric obviously can relate with. Do you, do you what, what kind of feelings do you have that uh, about the Patriots that though you are a Boston person, you don't seem to root for their football program? Yeah, so Titans were the only sport decision that I think I actually made on my own. Um, so my dad was Celtics fan, Dodgers fan, and a Colts fan. Um, but I grew up going to a bunch of Titans games because they were really close. So growing up a Titans fan, little did I know down the road that that was just going to be a painful way to live. But looking back on it now, I think whenever you're down at the bottom of the barrel like the Titans and you see the Patriots up top just doing whatever they want to do and winning – um, it just builds a seed of disappointment in you um, in football. So then you just end up hating the Patriots. So I think that's where it kind of comes from, just the success of the Patriots um, whenever I'm part of a franchise that cannot see success. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just uh, – I don't know. I only bring that up because, yeah, I, I, and even if I were Eric J in a situation like this um, – the Patriots have been good for so long that if you are a Boston person and you're going to have Boston ties, there's never really a good time for you to 
jump on. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying that Eric J just jumped on and that he's a bandwagon or anything. That is not the case. He could have been a Boston Boston Patriots fan for a long time up until this point. I just wasn't I, I wasn't aware of it. But yeah. if you are a Boston person and you're riding with the Celtics, and obviously they go through their uh, their season last year, a downturn, if you will, with Kyrie and Tatum and all these people, um, and you love NFL football, it would be natural that you would root for them. But if you're in Eric J's shoes, it's really hard to just kind of jump in. If he were to just jump in, which, again, disclaimer, I don't think he's actually doing that. I don't know for a fact that he is. But put yourself in Eric J's shoes or maybe in Patrick Perryman's shoes, and let's just say Patrick loves NFL. He loves Boston. He's going to be a Boston guy. Do you find yourself – jumping on the Patriots bandwagon at any point? And if so, how would you go about doing that in such a way that it wouldn't seem like you're just jumping on a bandwagon? Yeah, I definitely don't ever see myself doing that. I think I think Boston sports in general are very polarizing. You either love the Patriots, and if you're not a Patriots fan, you tend to hate the Patriots. So it's hard to make that jump. My, my read on Eric J is that he's never, and maybe I could, I could be wrong, I don't think he's ever maybe been a diehard Patriots fan as much as he is a Celtics fan, but I think maybe always, deep down, he's a Boston fan at heart, so it's easy for him to just align with the Patriots, but I don't think he's like a diehard Patriots fan as much as he's a Celtics fan, so I don't think it's necessarily a bandwagon situation. I find it hard to bandwagon with the Patriots. I think that's a hard move to make um, because they are so hated if you're not on their side from the beginning. Hmm. That's good. That's my read. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what Eric J's ties are to the Patriots. Yeah, and the whole entire reason of doing this, just for the podcast listeners, I just want to give Eric J some personal time. We're going to get into some matchups, and we're going to talk about a bunch of other people, and me and Evan have talked about a bunch of other people, and I just wanted to make sure that Eric J, being the great manager that he is, that he just gets a little bit of of airtime so that when he's listening to this, he doesn't feel like, wow, I listen to everything about everybody else and nothing about me. No, man, we got you covered. Just a little bit about Eric J. Love you so much. A little shout-out to you. Boston Strong forever. You do you, boo. Yeah. Also, the only truther that I had with the get rid of the kicker situation, so a lot of ties being built between these Celtics fans. Yeah, absolutely. Love to see those Boston connections. Um, we can move on. Uh, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to matchups. Um, well, actually, let me ask you before we go into matchups. Is there anything that you'd like to discuss off of your uh, your your outline or your your rundown that maybe? I'm I'm neglecting in this moment. No, nope, we've hit we've hit the highlights and the lowlights. Time to get into the matchups. Oh boy. Okay, so we'll start right at where um, you and Evan played this team, and this will be quick, and then maybe we'll spend some time talking about a few other guys. Want to make sure that they get their time on the pod. But you went right up against um, you went up against Tiz. Did you not? I did. I went up against Tiz. Unfortunately. Do you want to tell me um, what you saw with your first week and um, and uh, how you feel and how you how you feel about that? I feel ran through. I feel complete. Like I ran into a complete buzzsaw. Um, man, yeah, he was clicking on all cylinders. Every time a game was on, if there was a player that was doing well, I knew he was on Tiz's team. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> started off with the Lizard King just completely destroying three touchdowns 200 yards just amazing and then finished up with just solid days from dalvin cook chris carson all these guys just doing their thing d hop doing his thing on 
against um, the, the New Orleans Saints. So yeah, it was it was rough. Um, so at that point, you just turn your focus onto your own team and see some positives in your own team. Sure. Um, so you look at target share. You look at um, reps. You look at um, just how many times your running backs getting the ball. So you're just seeing you're looking at the season outlook as opposed to the weekly outlook at that point. Nice, nice. Uh, if only managers could keep that perspective. Maybe they yeah, wouldn't well, go whenever off you're and down uh, by a hundred points, you, things start to turn for you. Uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah. I uh, I wish I could only speak so highly about myself. Um, <clears throat> I want to get your thoughts on uh, on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, I think definitely going to be an outlier week for him. I think he's not going to put up four touchdowns, four hundred yards every week, but looked good. I mean, the whole Dallas offense was looking great. So yeah. I mean, if Dak. If Dak can just um, put up some solid numbers throughout the rest of the year, it's what I'm looking for. I'm not, not expecting 40 point weeks from him, but the Dallas offense looks like they're clicking. Yeah, absolutely. And your boy Emma Andrews, don't even know his first name. Who we got here? Mark Andrews, man. So yeah, he's the he is the tight end for the Ravens. He's the guy. Um, I think he actually ended up only ended up playing like half the snaps or something like that. But got a lot of targets. Um, I think he was one of the guys that people were looking at to possibly break out this year. Um, and I think, yeah, he definitely did in week one. Um, I don't. He's another outlier. Probably not getting. Obviously not getting twenty points every week. But I think he is getting the target share. So mm-hmm. that's what you need. You just need a tight end that's getting the target share. Um, okay, good. And in this matchup, uh, one final comment. When I ask, uh, this is Benjamin Pompelli calling uh, from the Herald Leader, Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, how did you feel getting the worst manager award on the sleeper rundown chart? Well, this is where you start looking at the positives. Again. So <laughs> okay, okay. The the only way you can get the worst manager award is if you got good players on your bench. Hmm. So just knowing that uh, there's there's some good players sitting on my bench that maybe I didn't put in because Deshaun Jackson definitely had the hand issue going into week one. You weren't sure what to expect. Um, I think it's a safe play to put him on the bench and play some guys that have um, more of an opportunity. You can't put him in for Robert Woods. Um, you can maybe put him in for Christian Kirk and expect to boom or bust with Deshaun Jackson. But, yeah, at the end of the day, knowing you left – 31 points on your bench just from Deshaun Jackson and then a running back that you can't really play over the other running backs. You just, you know, you look at the you look at the, the positives and you can't get the worst manager award without having good players. It's a great perspective, great perspective. Uh, we'll take that perspective and go into week two with your matchup against Evan S. Uh, now with a completely different team, different outline. I'll go through this team real quick, and I've gone through this many a time. Uh, trying to prevent uh, any golly. Anyways, Cam Newton, um, David Johnson, uh, Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, Alshon Jeffries, Delaney Wall, uh, D Waller, whoever that guy is, Gallup. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's his lineup. How are you feeling going into this week? I was feeling a lot better before about an hour ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm looking down the barrel of Alvin Kamara, um, which is not. It's not comforting at all. So I was definitely feeling better before after I had made a trade earlier today that yeah. upgraded some spots um, on my lineup. But now that he's got Kamara, it's definitely a little bit more daunting. Um, and, yeah, David Johnson, I think if the Cardinals' offense can start clicking, he was definitely the guy in week one. I think the offense is going to run through him, especially with the rookie quarterback. Um, Cam Newton, I mean, you just don't know what you've got week to week with Cam Newton if he doesn't 
yeah, just like his nickname says, sucks if he doesn't run. If he starts running some more, the fantasy value is there. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Darren Waller is a big addition this week at the tight end spot. You know, he's getting the volume. So, not feeling great. I think we can pull out the win. Um, I expect a few of my spots, like Sonny Michelle. I'm going to know what I've got this week with him against the Dolphins. He should have a big week. If he doesn't, then there's room for concern. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Okay, okay, I like it. Um, I want to spend some time on, uh, on, oh goodness, uh, I mean, I want to talk about Luke, I want to talk about Griff, I want to talk about Kev, I want to talk about Isaac, but I just don't think it's going to be the pod to discuss those things, so if anything, let's just pick, um, let's do, la 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 la, Kevin's team. Kevin versus Alex Cook. Uh, looks like Cook has got a landslide victory at a 79% to a 21% going into next week. Uh, From Whence You Came is the name, and obviously I think the best name in the whole entire league is uh, Clear Eyes, Full Chubs, Can't Lose. I mean, Absolutely. even putting a lot of work for the picture as well, I think that is phenomenal. Um, what, do you, what do you look for in this matchup? What are some highlights? What are some concerns as you – I don't know. What are some things that you are noting moving forward? On the win side, the wide receivers definitely look look strong. Um, the running backs, I think, outperformed expectation last week. So if, if Mac and Eckler can keep it up, which Eckler, I believe, should. Wow. Um, and to, unless Melvin Gordon just all of a sudden comes back to work at some point this season, then he's going to take a hit. But Marlon Mack, I mean, looked great. If the but the Colts is an offense that you know is going to falter at some point, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but Mac looked like a bell cow there, which is not something that the Colts have had in a few years. So um, on that's, that's what's going on on that side. And then on the Chubb side, um, I got to think it's fun to be a Watson owner right now. Deshaun Watson, I think it's got to be fun to just have him out there every week. Yeah, doing his um, this, this got to be fun to watch that. Um, and Chubb and Carrion both underperformed expectations last week, I thought. So um, we're, we're, I think should be an uptick for those guys. Um, Carrion's a little concerning with, um, with Carrion more than Chubb, I would say, splitting back field time with C.J. Anderson. Has to be disappointing for Carrion. Um, then you've got OBJ and Cooks. Both, I would expect, to see upticks in performance. Like I said earlier, Cooks is probably the most volatile of the Rams receivers. He's got the highest ceiling. Um, but you, there's some weeks you're going to love having Cooks. And then AP in the flex. A total of two weeks for him, right? Wow. You know from, what I mean? From inactive to starter. So. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? crazy. I uh, The whole entire matchup here, I'm really looking at OBJ. I'm curious if he can get on track. We're obviously all curious what the Cleveland offense is going to look like. Um, now, Chubb, without a, uh, without a tight end, um, you look to the first available tight end on the waiver wire, and that's Njoku. And do you really think that he's going for him with OBJ, Nick Chubb, uh, a part of the lineup? Could he possibly have three, three Cleveland Browns on his starting lineup? We will see. I think it's very interesting. We'll keep an eye yeah. out on it. That would be interesting. That for sure is putting a lot of stock in the Browns' offense. So yeah. you don't know. You don't know. You don't hear those sentences too often. Um, stock in the Browns' offense. Um, yeah. We're gonna move on to uh, let's see, Kev. Let's go to let's go to Luke just to discuss him. He's been traveling a little bit, been not out of the loop, but just want to make sure that he feels included here. He's uh, he's got Patrick Mahomes, obviously looking good so far, and he's got Saquon Barkley, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, and he's not getting the percentage here. Mercus Perkis is actually coming out ahead in this week two matchup, which is surprising to me. Uh, do you see any any interesting matchups this week that you're 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 peaking? Yeah, you got the you got the like love sluts versus the shaken bakers here, and uh, you know Barkley <laughs> is Barkley. Um, Lindsay is in a timeshare, so it's hard to tell what you have week to week. Um, definitely the talent, just not the opportunity fantasy wise. Then you've got Allen and Ridley, both solid, I think. Fuller in the flex, which is the type of guy you want in the flex for the ceiling. You know, if Fuller goes off, gets a long touchdown or something, you're happy to have him there in your flex. On the Baker's side, Connor, I expect to bounce back. I think still just ran into it last week. Bad game script for, for Connor. Montgomery, as far as potential for Bell Cow, it's Montgomery for sure. But he's in a timeshare right now. So we'll see if it shakes out for him to be featured. But right now his opportunity seems pretty capped. Um, Thomas and DJ Moore. Thomas is solid. DJ depends on Cam. So which Cam will he get this week? No one knows. And then Gordon's in the flex, which right now looks like a great opportunity for him. We'll see how things shake out for the Patriots receivers. So. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word. Looking for Devonte, uh, uh, David Montgomery. To, he looked really good, but he didn't get a whole lot of production. Looking for the Bears to turn that around, obviously. Uh, I think that he's going to be good down the road. And then also, uh, yeah, man, I don't – I just really like uh, Luke's team. <laughs> I really do, um, and I'm happy for him because he said it on the uh, on the messages earlier that man, yeah, it's took him a long time to get one one win last season, and for him to open up with a win is uh, it's just a it's just a Cinderella story. It's one of those things you like to hear. It's all it's it's sports, man. And so that's why we play the game. Yeah, um, let's do one more just to highlight an individual. Um, Golly, I want to listen, Isaac. I love you. You're not. You're gonna get some time. Uh, hopefully, on another pod. Uh, me and you um, were discussing things earlier this week. Um, also, love how you listen to the pod uh, while we're while we're on the topic. You you made your wife April listen to it just for a bit in the car ride home from what I think was Louisville or maybe even Nashville. Uh, that's hilarious, and I think that's that's worthy of some some notes. But we're gonna move to Griff. We're gonna go to Griff and uh, his matchup with Connor F. Connor coming off of a, a hot win and uh, Scruff looking for his first W. Uh, curious. Let's see. We got Goff, CMC, unbelievable Ingram. I do think Connor's comments earlier about CMC and Mark Ingram maybe being those top two top definitely in the top four running back positions down the road it's a bold statement but i think it's true i think it's true and i think it's going to ring true in this next matchup as they put a hurting on the uh put a hurting on the scruff mcgruff team uh looking for love bell to prove that he's still got something in him and uh ty hilton somehow to catch another touchdown uh on that uh that indianapolis offense and maybe James White and or uh, Michelle will solidify who's going to be this front runner moving forward. But apart from that, uh, you can only hope for the best for Devontae Freeman in uh, in Connor's situation here. Is he's got him in the flex, and we know that he's just he's just a couple thoughts away from being on the bench. Uh, you know, he's not he's not confident about that play, but we'll see what happens with Devontae Freeman and um, his availability. Do you see anything that you're interested in? Yeah, I mean, Defonta Freeman, um, I got to think he's going to have a better better game this week than last week. Got you gotta, you, but I don't know. He's splitting with Edo Smith, which is concerning. When you're splitting time with Edo Smith, 
um, and you start to wonder um, what's going through the offense's head there. Um, but yeah, I think that Hilton is good, but dealing with a tough quarterback situation, which, which caps him a little bit as well. And then Aaron Jones on the McGruff side as well is just a tough guy. You know I mean, he's splitting times with Jamal Williams, so it's just tough to see. You know the talent's there, but you just don't know if the opportunity's going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's play a little bit of uh, Mr. Manager here. Um, <laughs> manager uh, in spot. Uh, if you're if you're Connor F. and we're looking at that flex spot with Devontae Freeman, if you don't feel comfortable playing him. Who on the bench do you feel might have the uh, the bust out? And honestly, I think it's between Marvin Jones and D.D. Westbrook. Who are you? Maybe Royce Freeman, if you're feeling froggy. But who out of those guys do you think you uh, you, you you plug in? Yeah, I think I would avoid D.D. just this week um, to see what they've actually got with the backup quarterback there. Um, I mean, he looked, he looked efficient coming into the game. Um, but you just don't know what you have with DD until, so I would give that one more week. Um, so if I'm going to go with a, a floor flex, um, I would probably go with Marvin Jones. Um, if I was going to just take just a random shot, I might go with Gus Gus. I might go with the old Gus Bus because oh, you just don't know what, who's going to get it. And they're going to be against the Arizona Cardinals this week. So I, I, I just expect them to feast a little bit this week. So maybe, maybe the Gus Bus gets gets in the end zone or something random happens there so if yeah. i was going to go for a ceiling play maybe gus i'm going for a floor play maybe mr jones a four play F- a floor, floor oh sorry play. floor play <laughs> sorry sorry uh, uh yeah not saying that uh, not saying that Devontae freeman's wrong just uh trying to introduce a little bit of perspective here um yeah i think i would i would ride with freeman but yeah uh i'm going to i'm going to close this out here uh with uh, my matchup against Isaac J. Meisner, uh, Drew Brees is a saint. Get it? Get it? Yeah, he's a saint. And uh, I, I will say that I I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say here after this week. I just feel like, man, I, if anything, uh, I'm going to be honest and candid with my friend here, Patrick, and the rest of you guys on the pod. Man, um, I just feel like the championship trophy and the ring are weighing me down. You know, and I don't – I. I just didn't realize how hard it was to repeat. Um, yeah. Heavy I, is the head that wears the crown. You know? Couldn't have said it better myself, so I won't try. Um, but, yeah, Philip Rivers, please go off for me. Um, golly, please, Josh Jacobs, be good. LaShawn McCoy, continue to blossom. Uh, Cooper Cup, be the number one running back. Denny Amendola, prove all of these haters wrong. Tevin Coleman, come back from the dead and be amazing. Um, and, I mean, honestly, Isaac, if you could, just take take another L for me, brother. Just take one, take an L, and uh, and now that I do have thirty fab dollars, maybe I will pay you just to get me a W. I wonder. Hey, actually, last comment as we close out for the end of the segment here. How much? This is. Uh, I love this because um, I just ask you questions and I get to see you respond. Uh, <laughs> uh, how much are you willing to pay? What is the what is the lowest amount of fab that you would pay for a W? Wow. You're, giving, you're guaranteed a W. Yeah, yeah, You're going to get a W. This is week two, so stay in perspective here. But um, let's say you have 95 fab dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you have 90. I'd probably say that's a league average here, 90, obviously with some outliers here and there, idiots who spend money on fab, idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever would do that are idiots. And right. um, uh, so if you were to spend an amount of fab with 90, 90 fab dollars, what – is the lowest 
Well, sorry. What is the highest amount? That's the best way I say it. What is the highest amount that you would pay for a W, guaranteed? This week, week two alone. Week two alone. Let's see. I'm definitely in my position 0-1 right now. Uh, it's a big difference between 1-1 one and 0-2. One and sure is. Um, so, I think I could spend upwards of 35. 35. For a guaranteed W, you wouldn't spend 50? You wouldn't spend 50 for a dub? I don't know if I would spend 50 for a dub. Okay, so where are you crossing the line? Like, absolutely not. You're not spending 65 for a W week two? I think 50 (laughs) would be my top. Okay. If I'm really thinking about it, 35 to 50, buy a win here in week two, and then just hope that I can... Ride that so we momentum. got enough wins to get into the playoffs from here. Um, yeah. Okay. I think I, I would definitely spend fifty for a dub. Wow. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, but yeah, I think that's that's the highest for me. I don't go higher than fifty for a dub. Man. Okay. Well. What's your highest? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, I'm willing to drop Fab on anything. So uh, that's obviously, true. I mean, <laughs> if you could actually turn Fab into an actual win. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Well, it would be the uh, the seventy that I spent um, this week. Yeah, so yeah, Tony, team needed a facelift, man. This is a rough time for me. So everybody out there listening to this, uh, shoot your uh, shoot your fantasy prayers my way because um, I'm in a low place. So we're we're concluding here. We're done. Um, great content here, Patrick P. Uh, also, we're talking to Evan S. I'll have some closing comments that I'll make separate. But while we're while we're here, Patrick, do you have anything you would like to say to the league, something on behalf of your management, anything that, uh, that hasn't already been mentioned here today? Um, I would just like to say um, to follow up the worst manager with maybe one of the best trades. I'm just happy to have that come home to Dak Bob Kirk. <laughs> Golly, yeah, don't, uh, yeah, don't be afraid to rub it in there at the very end. Uh, just, I made a made a blatant mistake. I will say again, I'm going to continue to cover my butt as best as I possibly can. Uh, if there's ever a situation where I can do that, and this is one of those, I've made upwards of thirty to forty trades in my fantasy career. I am a huge trader. Um, I don't, I don't think I've ever been lower than this. And uh, here's the thing: if you're going to take forty shots, you're going to miss one. Uh, if you're going to take 40 shots, you might miss a few. And uh, I'll be honest with the league and say that I, I missed this one pretty bad. So, well, we'll see. I mean, it could pan out for you. You've definitely taken some risks on some players like Jacobs and Cup. And yeah, biggest we'll turn of the event would be if uh, if Alvin Kamara again. It would be one of those things where Connor's like, "See, it worked out for him." I told you guys you shouldn't have questioned him. Um, mm-hmm. Is if yeah, Kamara did have some kind of minor injury for him personally, but it kept him out for the whole entire season. Then I all of a sudden have Latavius Murray as a great back again. It doesn't justify all of the trades, but it would just be the best case scenario for me. So that could potentially happen, and uh, just if it does happen, just I want everybody to know. While I was in the trading room, while I was trying to recover from my tiltedness, uh, I did take into consideration that. If I did have Latavius Murray, I wasn't going to ship him away because best-case scenario, hands down, is the ceiling for Latavius Murray is very high if Kamara does not exist. So um, if all those things pan out for me, you heard it here first. That's true. Time will tell. Yeah. All right, Patrick, thanks for your time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and close down the pod, and then we'll conclude our personal conversation. Say goodbye to everybody on the podcast. See you guys. Good luck to everyone except Evan S. in week two. And Isaac Meisner, be a good friend. Lay down, lay down the L, buddy. Lay it down.
See you guys.